this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. So today I am talking about everyone's favorite childhood Sunday school story, David versus Goliath. It's the boy David taking on the giant Goliath. I loved this story as a kid. You get to watch a kid save the day, be the hero of a whole army. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at Stories of courage and faith, specifically from the Old Testament. Last week, I was talking about Moses, the reluctant leader, and today we have David, who is just a kid at the time of this story. David is an important figure in the Hebrew Scriptures, the the boy that would one day be king. Many of our 150 psalms are even attributed to David, As the writer, even in your Bibles, you might see something like a psalm of David or David's psalm next to the psalm in the scripture. We know that David was a musician, that he played his lyre for King Saul. Just two examples of psalms that are um, one of David's psalms. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, whom shall I be afraid? Or perhaps the most well-known of the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David, the shepherd boy who fought Goliath. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? David, who walked into the valley to face the giant. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Our scripture picks up in the middle of this David and Goliath story. And so before I read the passage in just a moment, I want to give you some context of what's happening when this story picks up. You know, the Israelites and the Philistines are fighting each other. They are in battle, and the two armies have encamped themselves on either side with a valley, a steep valley, in between. Nobody's moving forward anyway, because if you try to go through that valley, you are sitting ducks for the other army to attack. And so they're at a standstill. And the Philistines come up with a challenging way to end it all, a duel. One soldier versus one soldier to settle the score. The Philistines send their biggest, baddest soldier they have, Goliath. Scripture has lots of details about Goliath and how big his armor was. For example, it says his spear was like a waver's beam. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and his shield bearer went before him. Side note, how would you like to be Goliath's shield bearer? That must have been a hard job carrying that shield. But by these descriptions, scholars surmise that Goliath was about six feet nine inches. Now today, 
we put a basketball in his hands and sign him up for the Wildcats to give us one good year, maybe. Two, if we're lucky. Uh, but Goliath was enormous. And in a time where uh, all battles were hand-to-hand -hand combat, six foot nine is really, really big. And for 40 days, he would walk down into the valley and he would heckle the Israelites to see who was going to be the soldier brave enough to face him, and nobody goes. And meanwhile, David is just a kid. He's not a soldier. But as this battle was going on and on, their father began to be worried about his three older brothers that were soldiers, that maybe the food rations for the army were running out. And so Jesse sends David to the front lines to bring his older brothers some bread. And when David arrives at the front line, he hears Goliath doing his thing. He's taunting the Israelites, daring them to take them on. And David says, who is this guy? I, I, could, I could beat this guy. And King Saul gets word that this shepherd, David, thinks he could take on Goliath. David says, I've killed lions and bears who have attacked my sheep. I can take this guy on. King Saul at first doesn't really want him to go, but he relents. After all, he's got nobody volunteering. So he decides to send David anyway. And here's where our passage begins in chapter 17, beginning verse 37. I'm going to read. 1 Samuel. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor, put a bronze helmet on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor. He tried in vain to walk, for he's not used to them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. I'm not used to them. So David removed them. And then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the wadi, and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David, was his shield-bearer was in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air, to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle of the Lord's is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And when the Philistine drew nearer to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. 
Boom. Goliath goes down. I'm going to stop reading here. It gets a little more gruesome in just a few moments. So I'm going to leave this as a PG sermon. But Goliath dies. I know somebody's disappointed here. Goliath dies. The Philistines go running. The Israelites are able to win. And King Saul is so impressed by David, he brings them into his royal house. Now, I've always thought, when I heard this story, I've always thought that David even thinking he could do this, to have the confidence to say that he could take on Goliath, must have been one of those too young to know any better. Just the naivety of youth. You know, a few years ago, I was asked to come speak um, to the Disciples Divinity House at Vanderbilt, which is the community of students I lived with when I was in seminary. And there's a dean of students that's a part of the house, and they organize learning events. And one of these learning events was to have uh, old alums like me come and speak on a panel, and then they would ask, students would ask questions and have a dialogue, and, um, and, I was, and we offered what we had to share as part of the panel, and then I was listening to all these students share uh, their thoughts. And all these students are, um, for the most part, in their early 20s, a lot maybe in their mid-20s. And as I was listening to all these students share about ministry, they were just so principled, so black and white. Everything seemed so simple to them. And frankly, I'll just say it, they seemed a little high and mighty to me sitting in their academy of uh, education. And I leaned over to the dean of students, who was the dean of students when I was there, and I just asked him one thing. And I said, did I sound like this? He said, yes, you did. <laughs> I have always viewed young David's story as somebody who was young and naive, who just had this sort of confidence. There's this fabulous book by Malcolm Gladwell on David and Goliath. And if you ever want um, a cliff note version of his book, you can look up his TED talk he gave on this very story of David and Goliath. Malcolm Gladwell is his name. He has a great podcast, too. So he actually argues in his book that it isn't the foolishness of youth that motivates David. He says it's skill. It's confidence in knowing he has his own experience because it tells us that David killed bears and lions protecting his sheep. Living out in the wilderness, that's what shepherds had to do. They had to be rough and tumble guys, they had to be able to protect their vulnerable sheep. And David, he points out, rightfully, David had a skill and he knew how to use it. He had this slingshot. Now to us, that almost seems like something a child would play with, but in a time before ammunition, a slingshot was a valuable skill to have to attack somebody without physically getting close to them. Even King Saul himself seems to underestimate the situation because what does he give David? He gives him his armor. He loads him up with his helmet, um, all the protection he can. He gives him his sword. And you can almost just imagine the boy David trying to move around in this too big for him armor. And he takes it off. It's not him. 
He's not a king. He's not a soldier. He's a shepherd. The youngest of Jesse's son, he takes off all that king's armor. He picks up five smooth stones and puts them in his shepherd's pouch that he always has. And he prepares to walk down into the valley to face his giant. And I didn't bring up David today to talk about his amazing skill because what I think is especially amazing about David is that he walked into this valley being exactly who he was. Even at a young age, he didn't try to be somebody else. He didn't try to be the king going into battle. He just knew that all he needed to be was himself, that God had given him already what he needed. He just took his shepherd's staff and was who he was as he walked into that valley. When I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David is young, but he knows who he is. He drops the sword, he picks up his shepherd's staff, and with his faith in a God who's promised to be with him in the valleys, he walks down to face the giant. Of course, Goliath underestimates him. He taunts him just as everyone else has done. Goliath doesn't even begin to swing his sword before he's on the ground and the Israelites win. We could say this is... Uh, Karate Kid uh, de defeating Cobra Kai. We could say this is like Rocky taking on the Russian guy in the ring. I know these are very dated, but it's hard to come up with a... <laughs> these are very dated. Uh, but you get the idea. You think of it as an underdog moment. But actually, this is a kid who knew who he was. He trusted that God had already given him everything he needs. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He walks into that valley to face his giant. You know, when I was in Haiti, I remember standing on the beach, this amazing, glorious, beautiful beach. And we were standing out there, and I was just in awe of it. And one of our uh, local friends that was with us actually pointed to the mountains overlooking the beach, and he said, now in Haiti... You want to live on the mountaintop. That's where everybody wants to live. You have made it in life, and life is good when you are living on the mountaintop. And of course, it makes sense to me, especially in a place like Haiti, with you have safety, you have security on the mountaintop, and, and life, we all, we all recognize when we are living life on the mountaintop, the view is amazing, Life is so, so good. But the truth is, the learning, the growing, the giant slaying happens in the valleys. I was listening to a podcast the other day on grief. And this rabbi, um, I'm paraphrasing his words here, but he essentially said, when you have to go to the valley, if you have to walk through the valley in the shadow of death, at least don't come out empty-handed. None of us get a pass from hard days, hard seasons in life, maybe even hard years. Times when we are afraid, moments we aren't sure we have the strength to endure or the courage to face it, 
Valleys come for us all, and we all face our own giants. But like David, I think we all have a choice in how we face it, how we choose to walk into those valleys. David walked into that valley being exactly who God made him to be. He trusted that God had already given him everything he needed to make it through. And with a faith that reminded him that he would not walk that valley alone. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? He trusted that God had already given him everything he needed. What's that saying? Faith is just courage that said its prayers. But David saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Write it down. Write it down. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Maybe you stick it on a post-it note and put it on your mirror so when you start your day, that's what you see. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Maybe you put it on your television screen as you despair at the news of the day. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? You speak it at the graveside, even if you aren't sure you believe it. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? As they roll you into the surgical operating room, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? When worry is keeping you up at night, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? You know, you don't need anyone else's armor. You don't need anyone else's strength. You are a child of the Most High God, loved more than you know, braver than you believe, stronger than you realize. The Lord is your light and your salvation. Why be afraid? Amen. Amen.